family life can be both rewarding and frustrating. That is why we are here to strengthen families with quality information and support to meet the many challenges they face. Welcome to In Support of Families. Parents all over the world have been through the same trials that you are facing. Your host, Emma Lou Penrod, is here to help with valuable parenting tips for a happy, orderly home. Today, I'm talking to Michelle Malay, and she is a certified senior advisor, and she's also certified in dementia care. Michelle, welcome. Thank you so much for having me here today, Emma Lou. I really appreciate that. So how did you come to be involved in senior care? Well, it's, um, it all started actually when, I'm, when my mother became ill with dementia, and I realized that my, my parents were struggling. They lived in a different state. It was a, a very hard situation because I saw from a distance when I would call my mother and my dad, I would, I would hear in, the, in my mom's voice or demeanor or language when she was trying to talk to me. I could hear the difference in, in how my mom was, was, talk, was, be, was able to speak with me. And I could see that, that she was getting worse and my father was in denial. As a matter of fact, my father ended up subtly doing and answering all of her, all of the questions that were asked of her. So I noticed that my dad was really protecting my mom. It was um, important to him that she wasn't getting, that there was nothing wrong with her. So I saw this happening over a period of about four years. And I, uh, there was a point in time where I started to talk to my dad about you know, possibly finding a place for my mom where she could go to be taken care of and to give him a rest because he became this man who went from being a, a very patriarch type of, of man, taking care of his wife, taking care of all, I'm sorry, taking care of all of the bills, taking care of the, all of the household manly chores to becoming the cook and, and doing the laundry and taking care of my mom, all the while becoming agitated and didn't really understand that he was becoming agitated and irritated. And I see commercials on television for say like a place for mom. And I realized with my own experience of say calling a a different company called Angie's List or something where once somebody captures your phone number, they're going to blast your phone number everywhere. And I imagined my father getting these phone calls and thought, oh, he's just gonna flip his lid if he gets all these phone calls, this, this wouldn't be good. So I started really taking this seriously and started looking into how I could help my father, periodically going back and forth to Oregon from Utah And it became overwhelming for my dad and overwhelming for me and my brother. So it was really hard to watch. And I will never forget the day that I asked my, I actually had the conversation with my dad and he said, Michelle, you don't have to worry when the time comes, I'm, I've got it all taken care of. I have a Medicare supplemental policy. It'll cover everything. And I had to say to my dad, 
dad, I'm really sorry, but that will not cover assisted living or memory care for mom. And he was so deflated. I could, I could feel it over the phone and it was so sad. So it became this very complex issue for my dad. He had no idea that there was help available. And so I started doing a whole bunch of studying and that's kind of how I got into it. So I decided to uh, look into it really deeply. And I realized that it's a, a big need for people. Yes. And when I talked to you earlier, you were mentioning that when, you know, that your father was very reluctant for your mother to go into care. He wanted to take care of his wife, but he was being moved out of the role of a husband. Yes, very much so. It is so there's so often a caregiver, a wife, a spouse, a wife or a husband, or even a child will take on the role of being more like a parent, not the, the wife or the husband or the child any longer. And they don't realize that this is happening because it's a very slow process. Back to when I was talking about how I was hearing my mom progress, not only was I hearing my mom progress, but when I would visit, I would see the progression. And it would, my father, because it was, he was seeing it on a daily basis, it was a subtle change for him, whereas for me, I could see it clearly. And that was the most difficult part about it. Um, again, I'm going to go back to him being irritated and irritable, not realizing that he was doing that. And he was also very inexperienced at somebody with dementia. So I studied a lot about dementia. It's very fascinating to me because one of the things that I remember specifically him doing was asking my mom to, he would say, Darlene, just turn 180 degrees. And, uh, and I'm thinking to myself, wow, dad, I, I'm, uh, my mind's okay. And I could barely understand what 180 degrees is. Somebody with dementia who's having a problem with their signal from their brain to their muscle and, um, and nerve they can't actually physically understand 180 degrees, much less their body's not following what they want that, their body to do. So it's very difficult for, it was real difficult for him. So again, he became, he went from being a husband to a caretaker and had no idea that that was the case. When he discovered that is when my mom ended up going into a facility and, um, and, and that's when he was actually pretty excited about going and visiting her. He made the comment to me, uh, I'm going to go visit my wife. And that was really a great thing. His stress level had, had really gone down. I'm not going to say he wasn't sad not having my mom around, but it was nice to be able to go visit his wife again and have dinner with her. And be a husband. And be a husband. That's right. Yep, it was really great. So he was so reluctant when this happened. You know, as children, when we're trying to help our parents, they don't want our help because in their role, they've always been, they've always known what to do and have always instructed us as, or kind of, you know, guided us through, through life. And this, this period of time, what happens is, is we kind of flip roles. And it, it isn't easy for aging parents to have those roles flipped. 
So when I brought up, you know, possibly moving my mom, my mom ended up going into a, assisted living, not because my parents elected to, it was because she fell down and she couldn't get up. And that's the part that I want to stress. It is so important to be able to make choices while you still can, because all of a sudden, if you fall down and you can't get up, you're admitted into the hospital, the hospital admits you into a nursing home and nursing homes are a step below a hospital. Actually, hospitals are nicer. Nursing homes aren't quite as nice, generally speaking, not always. But it's really that old idea of, a, of an assisted living facility to people that um, are parents' age. They have that idea of those nursing homes as being um, like it, it's got that cold floor, it's got that old hospital look, even hospitals today are nicer than nursing homes. And again, they have this idea, they don't realize that an assisted living is actually almost like going to a resort. And you've, you're gonna have three meals a day, you're gonna have somebody coming in and cleaning after you, or cleaning, or doing your laundry, changing your linens. You just really get to enjoy life. But my parents absolutely had no idea of what it was like. So they never, they never even investigated it. And when I brought this idea up to them, because I'm their daughter, they didn't want to hear about it. When my mom was in a nursing home, um, what had happened was, is, is my dad was very unhappy with her care. I kept telling him that, dad, you have choices. But again, I'm the daughter. So the daughter doesn't know much, even though this is what I do, right? The daughter doesn't know much, but I ended up finding somebody just like myself near where my dad and my mom lived. That person went and visited my parents. All of a sudden, this is a terrific idea. She took my dad on a tour because my mom couldn't leave. Um, she took my dad on a tour of, of several places in one day. My dad signed papers to have my mom admitted to one of these places. And within 24 hours, my mom improved a great deal. It was amazing what, it, what, ha what occurred. And my mom went from not eating to, to eating. Like she loved the food. That's all she talked about. It was amazing. And, and all it took was somebody like myself, who wasn't me, because I'm the daughter. It was somebody, a professional, yeah. right? That told my dad, yes, you do have choices. Yes, your wife doesn't have to stay in this nursing home. Yes, you can, you can take her elsewhere. So it worked out really well. To somewhere where the food was better. Care was. I know quite often associated with nursing home, there's just kind of this distinct smell. Yep. And... And, and also, you're, you, as you spoke, it reminded me of those conversations that need to be had before. For example, at what point do we decide, do we take away the car keys? Do we say, you know, love you, Dad, but you really shouldn't be driving anymore. Right. And if, if you don't have those conversations before... And, and you were also explaining that you have more options 
when you make decisions sooner. Isn't that true? Absolutely. I met with a client yesterday who actually, she is, it's it's astounding how, how together she is. Physically, she's having challenges as far as walking. And here in the state of Utah, there are laws that we have to really think about. So, and, and I'm going to explain it this way. Once a person, and this, this is in many states, but um, not all states. Once a person becomes more than a one-person assist, in other words, if somebody wakes up and gets up to, to um, go to the bathroom and they need help, and it's more than one person that has to help them, they actually have to be admitted straight into a nursing home, a skilled nursing facility. The whole idea is to try to avoid that because number one, food generally isn't as good as it is in a, at, at an assisted living. You have to remember assisted living communities are striving to make you comfortable, feed you well. They want you to stay there. So they're going to do what, what you know as much as possible to make you feel good and want to be there. So because it's a choice, not, ne- not necessarily always a necessity. So back to this lady, she has several, sets, uh, several flights of stairs in her home. Her home is not her friend anymore, even though she can get up and down the stairs, but it's troublesome. So she's decided to take the initiative and to find an assisted living community of her liking and choice. So she's gone ahead and she has toured. And by the way, some of these assisted livings right now during COVID, it's a little different, but they will actually invite you in and and let you have lunch and test the food out and see if you like the staff there. And I, I really suggest doing that before you are, you have fallen down and can't get up, you're admitted into a hospital, and then you have a, a, an e-ticket straight to the nursing home. That's what you wanna really avoid. Also, it's really great to plan as a whole because maybe you're married and you wanna make sure that you have enough funding for both husband and wife to make sure that they're going to be able to be taken care of for the rest of their life. And that's what we do too. We do it as a whole, like a kind of like a wholesome plan. So that's what we do. Yep. And a lot of people like your dad believe that Medicare is going to cover it Mm -hmm. or their Medicare supplement. And this is not the case. No, Medicare covers your health care costs only. There are all sorts of different avenues to pay for this. And there's, that, that, that's one of the reasons that it's nice to talk to somebody like myself because, you know, I work with my daughter-in-law. My daughter-in-law is, she's a, a nurse. And I always tease her and say, you have the easy part. And I'll, and I'll be honest with you, most people that are aging love to talk about their health. They love to talk about their ailments. So, they, so technically she really does have the easy part. I have the difficult part where I get to talk about their finances. And I always start out by saying, and this is a difficult, a difficult quest because generally people that are of the age to need assisted living, they don't really want to share that private information with me. One of the things that I do out of respect is especially if there's family involved, 
I will ask the, the, the person, the senior, if it is okay if I speak, if they, if we talk about finances in front of their loved ones, if not, we'll, we'll table it and we'll, we'll come back to it another time because it, I am working for them and I want to make sure that they understand that their information is private. Uh, you know, I'm HIPAA, I'm, I'm HIPAA um, certified as well. So that's really important for people to know. I'm not allowed to disclose their personal information. So I will ask those difficult questions. And I, because I don't want to place somebody for the next six months, I want to place somebody to make sure that they can age in place and live out the rest of their life um, and make sure there's enough funds for their spouse. Well, when you talk finances, then it really is never too early. This is no. something, while we're still young and healthy, we ought to be making plans for. So I understand there's, you, you mentioned I, I, a variety of options. I know there's long-term insurance and certain other uh, life insurance policies that cover an option. So it's good to know that and start planning ahead. And it sounds to me, you can either make the choice for yourself or the choice will be made for you. And you may be much happier being involved in the decision-making. And I, yeah, I went through this with my mother. And as I toured, you know, I know my parents had that mindset that it's, you know, the old folks home, that it's just nothing to do but sit in a rocker all day. And I saw communities with activities and parties and inter social interaction and, in, you know, intellectually stimulating activities. And mm -hmm. to me, it, you know, I was mentally planning, picking out mine while I was shopping. <laughs> I've got mine picked out. I think one of the mistakes that people tend to make is that by waiting so long, when they, when they can't walk around or they can't get around to socialize, then it, it did become the old folks home. Instead, if you go in before you can't get around and you, you know, of course, anywhere you move to, there's going to be a period of adjustment. So there's going to be, so, I, you know, I'm just going to give you two examples. There's the lady that I just spoke about who's able to, to get around. She's able to socialize with people. She's, uh, she's uh, got fantastic modern art taste. I'm sure she's going to find her, you know, her little group of ladies that she'll end up clicking with. And who knows, maybe she'll even find a boyfriend when she's in there. Who knows? But then I've got another lady who's, who's waited too long. And really, I'm trying to get her in as soon as possible, because if she falls one more time, I'm really afraid she's going to make get that e-ticket straight into a nursing home. Now, because of the fact that she's waited so long, she's not able to get around. And unless she decides she's, go she's going to go into a wheelchair, right now she's homebound. And so she's been practicing for years not to socialize. So unfortunately, she might miss that opportunity to get to know some of the people or she could just flourish. And she's, I know that, that this particular lady 
she's mainly living off of Meals on Wheels. And I think that there was a time where Meals on Wheels was a fabulous program. But unfortunately, especially during COVID, their, their meals have really, you know, kind of gone by the wayside lately. And I've seen them. I personally would not want to eat them. And so therefore, I think that once she gets into this community, she may end up feeling a lot better because she'll, she'll end up eating better. And I think that's one of the problems that she's not eating well. And a lot of times people end up doing so much better once they get into assisted living. 85% of people said they wish they would have done it sooner. Now, and you mentioned earlier that you're working for them, but they don't actually pay you. No, they don't. My service is free. And, and just so you guys, so your, your podcasters know, listeners know, I, our company, we're a national company. We are nationwide. I have my own branch here in Utah. And um, one of the things that we do is we do, our services are free to the families that we are paid by the communities. So the communities uh, will give us a, 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 a referral fee. And then that referral fee is a one-time fee only. So I've worked with families like um, the one lady that, that's ready to move. I, I only met her. Um, I've probably worked with her for about three days now. That's it. The, the, other, the other lady that I've been working with, I've been working with since February. So I go make, I make visits to her to make sure she's doing okay. So I have a long-term relationship with my clients. If they choose to be at home, I can make arrangements for, for them to be home for as long as it's safe. And then when they decide that it's time to go into a community, that's when I will get, I will get a referral fee for that. But they never, I never charge them anything um, for my services to become placed. So that's how that works. Well, and from your story, you got into this because you became personally involved going through this with your mother. Mm-hmm. And so this is something you care about. You did not go into this to make money. No. And I love that about you, that you're not, you genuinely care about the client. You want to find the best setting for them, not the facility that pays the highest fee to you, but what is best for them. Correct. That is so important to me. Um, I actually have uh, uh, placed people without getting paid because it was a better community and maybe they just weren't, they weren't going to cooperate with me, but that's okay. So my intention is to make sure that the family's happy as a whole. And um, as a matter of fact, I, I generally will only place with with people that have the same I'm, I'm not going to say I won't but one of the mistakes people make is they tend to want to place in a community that's closest closest to their home that's not always the best idea it depends on the situation so for instance there are some communities that do exceptionally well with dementia patients or Alzheimer's patients there are others that might not work out so much. I have a, 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 some clients right now. One of them is a fall risk. Um, she's great. Her mind is there. Her husband has Alzheimer's. And so if my goal is to get them placed together so that they can hopefully 
be together for as long as possible, but there will probably be a point where he, he's going to need some extra care. And if she, she falls or needs to go into a skilled nursing facility, they'll be able to take care, really good care of him, which is so important. I know that both of them will be taken care of. It's not close to their house though. It's, it's, you know, it's there's, they, they do have a facility down the street, but the care, that level of care isn't going to work for them. So it's really important. So you know these facilities, you know what their areas of specialty are. You can advise on that. And you're also certified in dementia care. So that tells me you're able, and sometimes that's the problem. The, the, you know, the, the conversations between, you know, talking about what's the best care for mom or dad get stalled because of the dementia. Yes. You know, in my case, we would meet with mom, we would talk, she understood, it was all clear, we had everything set, plan was in place, and then the next day she would be, what, what are you talking about? Are you making plans behind my back? And she had forgotten and we would start all over again. So you can help them also with that. Absolutely. I work with some really great people too. So I have lots of resources. Um, Some of them are community resources. Some of them are are free uh, that people have no idea exist. And some of them are, you know, income asset related and some aren't. So that's another thing that, you know, I'm a good resource. I'm a good community resource. But one of the things, you know, that I do is I never refer people, seniors, to people that I haven't personally met with that share the same value system that I do because I think it's super important. Um, Some of our, you know, the one thing that I will stress is that there are many people that take advantage of our elderly, and that's a shame. And I really want to make sure that I'm working with people that won't do that. So... I have, you know, sometimes when, especially in dementia care, patients become very, very scared, very fearful. They are depressed, full of anxiety, afraid they're going to fall, afraid of transferring. So I want to make sure that even if they're not at that stage, if I see that they're heading towards that stage, I want to make sure the community is going to be able to uh, take care of them, recognize their nonverbal language. Um, Dementia care patients sometimes become nonverbal. So there's a lot of issues at stake. One of the things that I like to share about my own mother's experience is that my mother became incontinent. And my father knew that she was having problems with leakage as far as, as urination goes. But he had, he had no idea to the extent that it was happening. And I ask, I ask a question to families a lot of times when they think that they can go ahead and a spouse or children can take care of their folks. The question I ask, to ask them is that if you were in your parents' or your wife's shoes or husband's shoes, would you prefer that somebody professional change their briefs or would you prefer to have your son, daughter, wife, husband change your briefs? And I haven't had one person answer the question, I'd rather have my wife do it. 
or I'd rather have my son do it, or I'd rather have my daughter do it. Uh, it's generally, no, I'd rather have somebody professional do it. So that's called aging with dignity in my book. So if you can provide that person with that option of care, I think it's, it's better because I know that I wouldn't want my son changing my briefs when my incontinence goes a step, a level worse than it was, you know, just with the leakage. It's, it becomes very exhausting and there's bed sheets to clean up and there's clothes to clean up and so on and so forth. So as a mom uh, who's had children and has grandbabies, we all know what that can look like when they're little legs to change but when they're big legs to change, it's a whole different story. Yes, yes. And I like that term, aging with dignity. And isn't that what we want for our parents? Absolutely. So it sounds like, so at any point, if you know, you're concerned about your aging parents, you want more information for yourself, planning your own future, you are a valuable resource. How do people contact you? So they can contact me by phone. My phone number is 801-656-2141. And if they are in a different state, they can still contact me and I can get them um, to the right person in their area. That's not a problem. We're all over the nation. And then I also have a website. It's assistedlivinglocators.com. And my branch is North Salt Lake. So the other thing is, is my Facebook page. My Facebook page is Assisted Living Locators of North Salt Lake. And you can help anyone who lives in the state of Utah. Anyone who lives in the state of Utah and if elsewhere as well. Um, it, I won't personally be able to help them, but I can direct them to the right because this laws vary from state to state. Okay. Yes. It's very important to find out like, you know, um, Wyoming's an interesting state. I have a lot of people that contact me that move their loved ones from Wyoming to Utah because the laws are so, so different there. And there's not a lot of assisting living communities there for some reason. I don't know why, but I get a lot of people from Wyoming. Yeah. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Well, you know, it's one of those things we really don't want to think about, but we're much better off if we plan ahead. Absolutely. Yep. I agree. And I, I really appreciate you, Emma Lou, because I think that you're, you know, you're doing a great thing where you're, you're talking about being a parent and then coming full circle and parenting our parents, right? Yeah, don't they call that the sandwich generation? They're taking their children and their parents, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because there's a lot of caregiving going on in the home with small children and our parents, you know? Yeah. So, it, absolutely. And what a blessing to know that there is support, skilled, experienced. Thank you, Michelle. Thank you. Have a great evening. You too. You have a great day. Bye-bye. We have just concluded another episode of In Support of Families. If you enjoyed the show and found it valuable, we appreciate you leaving us a review or recommending us to your friends. For more helpful resources, visit our website 
at insupportoffamilies.com. Join us again next week. And thanks for listening.